to yet another episode of Mars the Word. Hosted today will be myself, Aretha. I've got an incredible guest speaker with us today who has been working tirelessly, like many other heroes within the NHS during this epidemic. Nurse Zara is a nurse having graduated from City University in London, an ardent Instagrammer and a YouTuber, showcasing and sharing her journey into the world of nursing. Zara has worked in various units, most recently redeployed within the ICU, and has been nominated for the Best Nurse Award. Welcome, Zara. How are you doing today? Hi, Aretha. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? How was the journey in? Not too bad. Lots of rain. I think we've been battling with that as well, haven't we? We have. Um, I love that intro. <laughs> I was like, is that me she's talking about? <laughs> I mean, you, you've done some incredible work and that just, just doesn't cut it. But I'm so glad that you're here today. So thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We have a few questions that we're going to speak about mm-hmm. in terms of your journey, journey into world of nursing and just about a little bit about you. But before then, I want to ask, how are you today? I know you've had probably a very hectic week with uh, the hospital setting and all of that. Are you, are you okay? I'm good. Thank you for asking. It's very, it's a very powerful question, right? We're always sort of thinking, you're always checking in with others. But then when you think to yourself, like, how am I? It's like when it hits me a bit differently. I think I'm doing good. I am smiling. I'm happy. It's been a good week. It's been productive. That time again, I think in the hospital, it's winter time. So things are naturally going to be a lot busier and a lot of pressures on staff, nurses, doctors, everyone part of the NHS. So it comes with its difficulties. But yeah, staying positive (laughs) throughout it all. (laughs) Oh, that's what we like to hear. I'm glad you're doing okay, though. I think it's so important to check in, especially for those who have been working in those sorts of settings mm-hmm. where it's quite intense, Yeah, especially with the epidemic. It's not over yet. I know we think that we've got the jabs going and stuff, which is great, but yeah. it's still not over yet. We're still yeah. we're still battling through. So thank you yeah. for uh, being one of our heroes. So um, I just wanted to know a little bit more about your story, your story into the world of like nursing, what kind of triggered it, what kind of inspired you rather into this world. If you'd like to share that with us. Yeah, so I guess my journey started, I guess, like most people when they're young, trying to figure out what they want to do. I did A-levels, so I studied in London, and I was sort of trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to do? Who do I want to become? Big questions you're asking yourself at a very young age, probably still trying to figure it out. And I was doing a whole UCAS application, trying to apply for universities. And originally, I wanted to do economics and politics because I was very much interested in either becoming a maths teacher, because I loved maths, or public speaking and doing politics and being in that kind of environment. So it just made sense. Okay, I've got these two loves at that time in my life. Why not combine it and then do a degree, right? Sounded kind of straightforward. But I think as I was doing my exams and so on, it's just like this thought in the back of my mind that is this something that I really want to do? Like when you're picking a career, that is what you want to do for at least a good portion of your life, at least your early 20s and so on, like you kind of committing to it. And I just kept thinking to myself, if I am going to do something, if I am going to get up every day in the morning to go for work, then it needs to be meaningful to me. I need to find meaning in what I'm doing. I need to feel motivated. I need to love what I do. So I soon started realizing it's probably not with economics (laughs) and politics. But one thing that I was really passionate about was care and helping others. And whether that be with, you know, volunteering with children or whether that be like helping at home, I got a lot of joy from that. And so I made the decision that, okay, this is the degree that I do not want to do. And when A-level results day came, I was like, cool, got my results. 
and I withdrew my application from university. I was like, I need to figure it out. I need to know what I want to do. I'm not going to commit myself to three years doing a degree that I probably would either drop out from or walk away not feeling fulfilled from it. And so took a bit of time out. It was a very stressful time when you're 18 and trying to figure out what you want to do. Started self-reflecting, started thinking about things that I enjoy, looking into different options like apprenticeships or part-time jobs. And I found myself looking into healthcare. And I found myself looking into clearing on healthcare-related degrees, which is something I never thought that I would do. And it was like this kind of definitive moment, really. I felt like okay, what is it that I want to do? And I saw nursing come up in clearing and it kept coming up. It just kept coming up. And I was like, well, I, I don't know what nursing is. But then every time you kind of refresh the page or you come back for like a couple of hours, like okay, it's still there. So I started reading into it and I was like, what is nursing about? What does it mean? And it kind of came as a bit of a flashback, really. One of my family members, and this is actually a really close family member, um, was very poorly with her health when I was younger and she was diagnosed with leukemia cancer and that was a very big part of my life kind of growing up as a teenager kind of going backwards and forwards to hospital and when she was receiving treatment for chemotherapy and so on and it became part of my routine sort of going Saturday mornings to the hospital my family and so on and I remember there was one time she was very poorly she was actually in ICU she wasn't doing too well she needed escalated care and I remember sitting in an ICU setting and being at my sister's bedside and she was you know just resting and I distinctively remember this one nurse that was looking after my sister. I could tell you right now, Aretha, I, could, I remember her features. I remember the color of her hair. I remember the color of her eyes. And I was fascinated by her. I was actually intrigued by her because she was very busy. She was working away. But the one thing that stuck with me was her smile. She did not drop her smile when she was working. And I was like, who is this woman? How is she finding so much joy from looking after my sister, which she technically... <laughs> doesn't know but little things like helping with the beds and repositioning her or the medications and she's just walking around so fabulously and I think she picked up on me actually staring at her and so on and she even sat down and started speaking to me and I remember just being in awe of her like if you think about fangirling your favorite celebrity <laughs> or someone I was fangirling this nurse and I just admired how much love she had for what she did and looking after my sister. And that's when I realized a couple of years later, when I was looking at that nursing degree course, that actually, if it wasn't for that nurse, I wouldn't have had that memory. And I want to experience the same joy that she had and the care that she had given to my sister. And next thing you know, I applied, did my interviews got in that was the start of my journey and here I am now three years post qualifying as staff nurse Zara and, uh, yeah that's <laughs> that's where it all comes from oh yeah. that's amazing that's such a beautiful story <laughs> what what an inspiration eh you've got like a, a very personal story there and then it only took like one person to kind of show that they really enjoy their their work and yeah. it's really meaningful to them I guess it's one of those things as well that you're like, you don't realise it at the time. Like when I was 15 and just like googly eyed over this nurse, like <laughs> what is she doing? Like I didn't realise how that would pretty much impact my life three years later when I was picking 
the degree that I wanted to do or I guess the direction of what I wanted to do and in a funny way if it wasn't for my sister and if it wasn't for the nurse then like what would I have done or who would I have become so I'm only grateful okay so you have like a very personal story was it like a one-year gap year that you took and you kind of thought about what you wanted to do and did you do anything in that gap year what was it like did you just kind of have some lots of time to self-reflect because obviously did you do any of the core sciences during your um, a-levels or was it something that you had to kind of think about because you had a change of heart when it came to your degree I kind of shocked the interviewers, really, because I was probably not your ideal candidate for (laughs) nursing. Um, I did not take a gap year, actually. I took a couple of weeks, actually, from my results day. Mm. And I think during that time, I was kind of researching. But I wasn't fixated on going to university. It just happened to kind of fall within that time frame. So actually, I started in September that year. Clearing is great, by the way. If anyone's there looking to change things, like clearing is such a game changer in itself because, yes, I did not pick your typical subjects. I picked those subjects that you would associate with like an economics or a politics student. And there I was applying for a a health degree with no sciences other than my GCSEs at the time. So I knew I had to work at this interview. And I'll be very honest with you. I knew that I was so focused and passionate to get onto this course that I will let that shine through. And I think the beautiful thing about something like nursing is it's all about transferable skills. Mm. So whilst I had not worked, I had experience in a care home, I volunteered and worked with children in my summer. I went to a summer camp. I had my, obviously, my story as well, which funnily enough, I didn't actually mention at the interview. I actually spoke about politics at my oh, really? interview. Oh, wow. Well, basically, I knew that in my application, I needed to be honest and speak through because to work as a nurse, to work in healthcare, whether you're a doctor or so on or a nurse, you can get the grades, you can do the work, you mm-hmm. can carry out the tasks. But you have to work with heart. You're looking after people in a very vulnerable time of their lives, whether that's for a short term or whether that's chronic for a very long time. And you are part of that. And you need to have compassion. You need to have care. And you need to actually love what you do. So for me, I was very passionate about that. And then when it came to the assessments that we had to do, to like we had to do quite a number of assessments to get into the course, like an English and maths test, a scenario-based question, aptitude tests, and so on. And at my interview, we went around at a table and someone was like, oh yeah, I'm a healthcare assistant. I do part-time work. Or yeah, I've worked in a care home for a couple of weeks. Or my mum's a nurse and my dad's into healthcare. And then it came to me and I was like... Um, so yeah, I, I basically wanted to study politics and we'll always remember this, the lecturer who was the interview at the time, they actually put down their pens and she asked me straight up, why would you pick those subjects for your A-levels if you're interested in doing a nursing course? Mm. And I remember this very much like distinct sort of quiet awkwardness in the room because all eyes were on me and I just got asked a very kind of straight up question like this lecturer did not mess around she wanted to know and I said well anything that you do in life you know politics plays a part in it and what exception does it have to nursing and whilst I might not necessarily have the experience for it I'm very passionate about what 
the NHS represents. And the NHS is a integral part in the UK. Mm. And all we ever see is it's not given the respect that it is. Mm. Oh, and did she love that comment that I said? <laughs> and I said, I started talking about how I did essays about the NHS and privatisation of the NHS at the time. And next thing you know, we started having a conversation about the Labour Party and the Tory Party in this group interview. And yeah, not too long after that, I was offered my face. So. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I think... I think the lesson from that was don't ever feel disheartened just because you don't have a certain amount of grades or you don't have what people think you should do. You need to really go for something if you're passionate about it. And if not, if I wasn't offered that place at that time, it wouldn't have mattered to me. I would have gone back, reflected, or done some extra work and then applied. But again, that was how it was and just had to embrace it but that was me that's how I pretty much <laughs> was oh. at my interview yeah oh kudos to you though for you know still going for it despite not having the typical sciences yeah. of, as your a-levels and you still got in and you researched for like a couple of weeks and you're like yeah this is it this is what my heart's saying yeah it's what I'm going for and you're not stuck in the corporate ladder but you're actually doing something yeah. that's really meaningful to you you have to follow your heart I think yeah I mean there is a that classic debate, mind over heart and heart <laughs> over mind. But I think when it comes to work, you, you've got to have that element of it. And that's, that's how I felt anyway. I still do to this mm. in anything that I do. So, yeah. No regrets. <laughs> no, only lessons and blessings. <laughs> you've got to embrace them both. We always speak about shortages of doctors mm. within the NHS in particular, but there's also lots of shortages within the NHS of nurses. And I know that prior to the time the Tory one, I think, we had government funding for nursing courses, which unfortunately is something of the past now due to government cuts and also measures and that sort of stuff. So I know that there's been a lot of redeployment from you know different areas within the healthcare setting mm-hmm. into like helping with like ICU and mm-hmm. into helping with the COVID pandemic and supporting people and that sort of stuff. So I did my studies so it's a three-year course and I did it at City University so it was an undergraduate there and it was great great brilliant course I loved the lecturers I loved my course mates I loved um, the hospitals that I was working in well not all there were some that were a bit like <laughs> questionable places but that's just part of you know learning is that you're going to have things that are not necessarily favorable but you know you have to it's just part of the, the growth of it so I did a three-year course and then I was about a year into post-qualifying, working pre-COVID. That was very delicate timing when you just graduated and you're going into your first ever job. And when you're a nurse, your whole degree is training for a specific job. Mm. It's not like during that time, I guess like a politics or an economics degree or, or any sort of most degrees where you're like, okay, I can kind of explore options or figure it out what kind of thing I want to do like you know at the end of this you're going down this route so mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure on that and you have other questions like okay what kind of nurse do I want to be do I want to work in the hospital do I want to work in the community and so on but that whole year is all that's building and just getting confident and familiarizing yourself and sort of carrying that title that you are responsible for these patients now you're no longer with a mentor and being supervised so I think in that way I was quite fortunate that I had a year to not worry about a global pandemic whilst I was trying to find my feet. So I really have a lot of respect to student nurses and to newly qualified nurses who've been in the cohort of the pandemic because so much has changed. Mm. Things that I 
didn't realize like things like staffing or things like studying like having external courses like all of this has stopped because you know no one can essentially do that because obviously this the pandemic like so many things have changed but I guess in that year like I had those kind of building blocks and then COVID happened like the first wave had happened cases started in the UK and that was affecting the whole world but when it comes to home when it hits you in your ward with your patients and you've got now allocated to look after a patient who's got COVID and you don't know nothing about this virus other than it's affecting everyone in the world and it started from here and here and people are now passing away from it. It was scary. Like the most senior nurses in my hospital, the ones that I look up to and I'm like, I want to be her one day or I want to be like him one day. Didn't know what to do. Colleagues were going off sick. Patients were very sick. The routine of the hospital, the flow of the hospital had changed. There was this fear. People were wearing masks. Non-verbal and verbal communication is integral with healthcare professionals. We have to communicate with our patients. And I found that wearing a mask whilst I'm trying to communicate, you know, that was a barrier. Looking after elderly patients or looking after people who've got language barriers, you know, a smile goes a long way when you're the nurse there and that's now taken away. First wave had happened and then they started redeploying both doctors and nurses to critical areas such as intensive care unit. And that's, I guess, where the most pressure was coming from because people were becoming very sick very quickly and they needed the nursing staff to basically care for these patients who were the sickest now in the hospital. And it was all about numbers. So that happened and I was redeployed to intensive care unit for three months and that was on a year and a couple of months of experience and to be going to an ICU setting you need to have experience but it wasn't a time to be like ICU interviews and what so on it was like you're a nurse great you need to come here we need you here and that was about three months and that was at the first time then things started to get a bit better. You know, everyone was coming out of lockdown. Summer seemed a bit reasonable, mm. seemed a bit less summer 2021. And then I had taken up a different job opportunity in pain management, which is something that I was very passionate about. Um, and I did that for a couple of months and it was very nice. It was such a change <laughs> away from the ICU environment. And the next thing you know, January 2021 was the time that I was redeployed again because the second wave had happened and that was a lot worse, I probably would say, than the first wave and presented new challenges, same virus, new challenges, both personally and in the nursing profession and the NHS as a whole. And again, I was there for three months, so it wasn't like, okay, a day or a week, couple of weeks. It was a very long time. And that was really tough. So the kind of like change or like the ease, I guess it was an easing period then, if you like that, like when you first started as a nurse because it was pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. but going into the pandemic and then you kind of moved from ICU to pain management. And then when you went back into COVID boards afterwards, how did you kind of manage that transition? Did you have some time to think about how you were going to take care of yourself because you've had that experience initially and then again, moving back into that sort of role again, a second wave, how did you manage your kind of emotions? How did you check in with yourself? Did you even have time to do it? Because we often think about doctors having a very difficult job, but nurses, they do an impeccable role. Like they're amazing and they do so much. And they're usually the first port of call as well, right? They're doing, they're doing all the like kind of health checks and all that sort of stuff, just supporting their patients. 
So how did you check in with yourself? Was it different to the first time around? So you would think that kind of going into it again, I would have some sort of preparation mentally and, and even just the expectations of everything. There's no time. There was no time to process it. When that second redeployment happened, it was very quick. I was essentially told we need nurses in ICU. I had ICU experience because of my first redeployment. And I remember being told we need nurses in ICU. And I was walking in the corridor and I was told to go and report to my senior nurse. And I couldn't find her. And I, in fact, bumped into an even higher senior nurse who's how the flow of the hospital. So the nurses, like, you know, they do a lot of um, management and flow in the hospital. And she was one of the senior nurses there. And I remember she stopped me in the corridor and she goes, like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm going to go and see the manager and so on. And she goes, okay, need you in ICU. So can you go report to the ward manager in ICU, grab PPE and so on, and we can discuss it later. And that was how quickly it had happened. So I was preempted probably that I needed to go and report to someone and most likely I'll be going to ICU or maybe to the wards to help there. But I knew to move away from my role. But being told kind of pretty much in a corridor setting, okay, you need to go down there. And it was a case of, I will grab my water bottle and go straight to ICU. And that was it. It was like I put on my PPE and I was back into the world that I was in not too long ago. I was like the beeping. I could hear the machine. I could hear the natural flow of ICU nurses walking around. ICU has a very distinct sound. Certain wards have a distinct sound. a &E has a distinct sound. ICU has a very distinct sound. And it's like as soon as you walk in there, it's like I know exactly where I am again. And a part of it was like, I can't believe I'm here again, but I don't have time to process it. Report straight to the manager. Great. Nast is it like, great, Zara, you're here. This is your patient. And I got probably like an orientation very quickly just to like familiarize myself. Knew the nurses this time, so that was quite nice. That was positive. Just trying to look for little positives in the grand scheme of things. And that's where I was. And I kid you not, I could see how desperate the unit was for nursing staff. We were so understaffed to the point where in ICU, you're looking after the sickest patients in the hospital. The principles of ICU is one-to-one -one care, one nurse, one patient. So if you take away the principles and one nurse to one patient, and then it's one nurse to two patients or three patients and four, it's no longer like an ICU nurse thing, but you are expected to provide ICU care for patients who need one-to-one -one care mm. and they COVID which we're still trying to understand in that point and I could see senior nurses I could see experienced intensive care unit nurses struggling so I was like well they're struggling <laughs> I don't know where I kind of fit into all of this but you have to get on with it and that was where the toxic kind of thing played into it because you're working you're there you're on the floor you're doing your care fine Next day, you're back, you're doing it again, you're working with the same team. You've now received handover that the patient that you were looking after yesterday has passed away from COVID. You don't have time to process that because you've got your patient in front of you who's also not doing too well. You go home, you'll sleep it off. You're so tired from the two shifts that you've worked or even more that you want to rest. 
we're in that time where you're processing what's happening, then you're back at work. And then it goes on and on. And at each shift, it was getting harder because more patients were coming through. And I think for me, what was happening was I wasn't processing it. And when you go into a world of healthcare, you need to process your emotions in order to care for others. If you don't look after yourself, you're not going to be able to look after others. And I think that's when I speak on behalf of the nursing profession, a lot of us struggled to do that because we were so fixated on our duty and helping these patients that, yes, we did neglect ourselves as part of it. And I was guilty of this as well. For the first time ever, I'd experienced burnout. I didn't even know what burnout was until I experienced it. And I was like, why do I have these emotions? Why do I feel anxiety coming into work? Why am I scared of hearing the morning handover? Because the morning handover is where they tell you about the patients and how they've been doing overnight. And that was becoming single-handedly the most upsetting thing of my day, hearing about which patient has survived overnight. Like these things were tough and it was becoming routine. And that's not something that should have been routine, but it was the reality and it's the nurses all there. So I think part of that process, I was hitting burnout. I was processing how I was feeling. My colleagues around me weren't really processing how they were feeling either. We were just doing what we knew that we could do. And um, that was that. So it was a very intense portion and the second redeployment. And then I hit a point where I was like, I can't, I don't know if I can cope, essentially. Mm. Are you still working in the ICU? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I needed to get away from ICU. Yeah. And I say that very honestly. I think for me, and there was actually a statistic that, 40% of critical care nurses. These are nurses who have been in ICU for years. Like that's their bread and butter. That's their jam. That's what they love. Move away from bedside nursing because of the pandemic, wow. because of the pressures. So when I look at me, I'm like, well, I was just there for a very short time, six months in total, but comparatively to nurses who've been there for 15 years, move away from the one thing that they love because they just couldn't cope with the pressures of what, COVID had brought to the NHS and to their small world of intensive care Mm. and I think a part of me always thinks like would I have enjoyed intensive care unit maybe like you know from a nursing point of view if there wasn't COVID there but because you have such experiences with it now it's like Mm. I don't think I could probably work there again. That's a great segue actually into my question about why hospital nursing and why not community nursing why did you choose to go to the hospital setting first? And before you actually answer that, would you be able to enlighten us about the difference? I think in a very simple term, if you want to look at healthcare, there is the hospital side, which is what everyone thinks about when you mm. think of NHS. But a very big part of it is also the community side, which yeah. is things like your GP services, your local health centres, nursing staff going and visiting your homes and providing care, district nursing. So it's not just a hospital sense. There's like two worlds within the world of healthcare in a very simple term. It's really your preference, really, what you prefer. If you want to work in a hospital setting, go for it. If you want to work in a community setting, go for it. Personally, I just knew I wanted to work in a hospital. It wasn't a specific thing for me at that point when I was choosing. I was like, actually, I think I want to go and work in the hospital. But the lovely thing about nursing is, which is a little bit different to medicine, actually, I think when you're in medicine, you have to kind of decide when you pick your specialty, okay, I want to become a cardiologist. So then you're working in the hospital for seven plus years and doing your training. 
And then if you want to switch to community, you have to then do a next month of training as well. So any medics who are hearing this, I hope I've explained that. <laughs> I hope I've explained that correctly. But with nursing, you can kind of chop and change. So right now I'm saying that, okay, actually I really want to work in hospital. But then if in a year's time, I'm like, actually, you know what? I want to dabble a bit with GP nursing or with working in the community, then I can. Yeah, so if the pandemic happened and you had just kind of graduated, you probably wouldn't have chosen hospital setting straight away. Am I right to say that? Obviously, there was a lot of attention that COVID was in the hospitals, settings and mm. intensive care unit. But it's a very good kind of thought, really, because actually COVID was still happening in care homes and in the community, which actually didn't get a lot of coverage versus the intensive care units, which I've spoken to some of my friends who actually work in the community. And I've heard how difficult it has been for them. These are district nurses, so nurses who kind of go out to people's homes and, you know, COVID just doesn't exist in the hospital. It also exists in these areas and they're not getting the PPE. They're not getting the support. They've also got to deal with the psychological impacts of what they're seeing. Maybe patients that they've been reviewing for years have now also been suffering with this virus, but they're not getting that kind of support. So I guess it didn't really matter as such. But I think, yeah, in a hospital, if that's for you, then you would go for that. But in the community so on there's no escaping there was no escaping basically (laughs) essentially game on from the get-go absolutely (laughs) become a nurse so we're going to medicine this is what's happening (laughs) I was actually going to ask you about your secrets with the work-life balance we've kind of covered that already with like the whole burnout and the you know craziness that had happened because of the intensity Mm. of the situation but how are you kind of feeling now? How, how are you changed? Have you, have you got like a routine in place now? Now that you're out of ICU, have you got any kind of comments by any, anyone that's listening in terms of if they are working within the NHS or within a very intense kind of profession right now? I think the last two years have been very exceptional when it comes to balance and finding balance. Everything that you kind of know and love, any hobbies that you may have had, like for me, dance is a very big part of my life. Dance stronger at university and it's something that follows me even when I graduated. My Thursday evenings and leading a class or taking part in a class was my norm. And that was my switch off from the world of work. And that obviously lockdown happened and everything closed. So anything that kind of was my switch off or was my joy outside of work stopped Mm. and that was it for everyone so when you are working in a high pressured environment as a nurse and anything that you had kind of put in terms of coping mechanisms has gone that probably played a part in everyone's mental health well-being because everything that you did enjoy is no longer there or it's been stopped Mm. so I think it's exceptional in the last two years where finding that balance has been probably non-existent Mm. or it has been really tough. And I have found that balance in other things. So for instance, I have my YouTube page and I have my Instagram page and documenting my experiences. That in a way was my joy, my switch off. It was still nursing, but I felt very passionate and almost a bit of a sense of duty that I needed to share this with others. I needed to share it with other student nurses who are probably very scared going into placements, not knowing what to expect. And hopefully one post that I do, one reflection that I post or so on, may help someone out there. And so I try to find that joy within that and that switch off in there and getting that balance. 
thankfully now like there have been you know things going back into place you can meet on a Saturday morning you do a podcast episode you can you know socialize with friends and that sort of thing so really if I was saying to anyone who is kind of trying to find balance look at the things that you enjoy whether that's a sport whether that's a creative thing whether that's a hobby whether that's even just going to your favorite coffee shop do it because when you're back into healthcare world when you're back at work you need to be at work and then when you're away from that you need to also be away from work and focus on the things you enjoy so I think hopefully people can sort of start revisiting what they do enjoy and appreciate it do it find things that you enjoy nicely put words of wisdom (laughs) I hope so (laughs) what's been your most memorable moment in your profession so far Ooh. oh good question you've got me there (laughs) there are certain things that do stick with you for different reasons like I can think of certain patients I can think of certain projects that I've worked on I guess one thing that I felt very kind of emotional over was when I did a BBC vlog um, about a day in the life of a redeployed ICU nurse and that was actually broadcasted on BBC Evening News and that to me was a very emotional moment not because it was necessarily me but I remember watching it with my dad when it came on and my name coming up I couldn't help but think I'm so grateful that the nursing profession is being represented right now. And I'm very grateful that I'm the nurse portraying it. But if I could share what nurses are doing on the front line and how we're looking and what our thoughts are throughout the whole shift, that was very important to me. And so I think that was a very memorable point in terms of representation for the nursing profession. So yeah, I'd probably say that was a very distinct moment. To hear it from a nurse who's actually experiencing it, I think was a very powerful portrayal. And I was hoping that through that vlog that I did, that it was able to just come across to everyone that wake up, this is what's happening. This is what we're doing when we're going into shift at 7.30 in the morning. And we're not leaving on time. We're staying past our hours because we have to. We, we work on rotors, 12-hour shifts during the day and 12-hour shifts at night, but we don't actually stop until we're actually home. And even when we're home, we're like, okay, back the next day. And there are other things that, you know, kind of stick with me. Like, I'll always remember certain patients. I remember the first patient I cared for. Oh. I remember the first patient who passed away. That was my patient. I remember the first patient that was diagnosed with COVID that I was looking after. Mm. I can remember little joys that I had with certain patients. Like those things are a very special part of nursing, mm. I think, for sure. So, yeah. It's a very wholesome profession. Well, I'd like to think so. <laughs> it does come with its, its challenges. It's all about what you feel from it. Yeah. Like there are always going to be flaws. There's always going to be challenges and obstacles. Will I always be a nurse? Yes, hopefully, inshallah, I will. But maybe in a couple of years' time, I might do a change of career. And there's nothing wrong in that. It's Mm -hmm. just everyone's different. There are some wholesome parts of working in healthcare. I think things like teaching, education, healthcare, you know, you're involved in people's lives in in certain ways. So I think, yeah, it can be very wholesome, but it's your take on it. Brilliant. 
Any final comments, advice, or anything that you'd like our listeners to know about the world of healthcare or going into nursing or anything else that you'd like to share, a little golden nugget before we, uh, we let you go? Oh, God, what is my golden <laughs> nugget to share with everyone? I think from this talk, it's a bit of a reflection, actually. Like, you never really get to sit down sometimes and just talk about these things out loud. I think always just kind of embrace things how they come. Embrace the obstacles, embrace things that come your way. Don't be scared of opportunities. Step out of your comfort zone. And like being redeployed to intensive care unit was a very integral part of my career and for probably all of the nursing profession, whether you're a student or whether or not. But that was a tough, tough period of time. You could either face it or you can run away from it. And I think embrace things as they are and whatever happened will happen and do what you need to do but do it in the right way don't be afraid of changing your mind about things at 18 when I started I was fixated on something and if I didn't listen to myself then I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today but you have to listen to yourself and not be afraid to go against things that maybe you thought are the right thing because there's no right thing or there is no sort of distinct plan for that you have to do x y and z you have your own path and just go for it and trust trust your gut really thank you so much sarah it's been a pleasure to have you here thank you for having me (laughs) and um, i'm sure i'm sure the um, audience have enjoyed it just as much as i have especially getting to know you so thank you thank you before we go though just your instagram and your youtube channel please give us your handle so if anyone wants to follow you so yeah i have my instagram page at nursara underscore uk which started off as just me documenting my nursing journey and still is to be fair and youtube is a bit of my passion project that's also just nursara got a lot of it at tiktok as well. <laughs> um, but i'm also on tiktok as well so if you want to follow me on there that'd be awesome well, there you go, guys. There's Sarah. Get following, subscribing, and sharing. <laughs> Thank Bye. you.